Welcome to Remember When, a podcast for capturing the stories, insights, and lessons learned that will enable you to age forward with grace and ease. I'm your host, Kiki, and today's episode is sponsored by Elder Pride 2023. Now here's Reverend Jack Elliott, or as we like to call him, RJ. I am going to go ahead and get started here in the spirit of time, in the spirit of collaboration, and ask Kiki if she will start us out this morning. One of the things that I've asked her to do to begin this particular session is to read our prayer. So Kiki, if you are at a place and ready, I'm going to let you start. Thank you, RJ. Welcome everyone. My life, my way, this is my legacy. My intention is to treat myself with the same love, compassion, empathy, and understanding that I bestow upon others. This is my prayer for my highest and best. I am worthy and I deserve all good. Not some, not a little, but all good. Now I move past all negative, restricting thoughts. I release and I let go of any limitations held by my parents, my children, my ancestors, my family, or friends. I love them. I bless them. And I go beyond their negative opinions and limiting beliefs. I am not bound by any of the fears or prejudices of the current society I live in. I no longer identify with limitations of any kind. I take dominion of my life right here, right now. In my mind, I have total freedom. I now move into a new space of consciousness where I am willing to see myself differently. I am willing to create new thoughts about myself and about my life. My new thinking becomes new experiences. I now know and affirm that I am at one with the prospering power of the universe. As such, I now deserve love and abundance of love. I'm sorry, I skipped a line, of course. The totality of possibilities lies before me. I deserve life, a good life. I deserve love and abundance of love. I deserve good health. I deserve to live comfortably and to prosper. I deserve happiness and joy. I deserve freedom to be all that I can be. I deserve more than that. I deserve all good. The universe is more than willing to manifest my intention to live my life my way, for my way is God's way. This is my time my calling and my legacy. And I accept this abundance life with joy, pleasure, and gratitude. For I am deserving, I accept it, I know it to be true, and so it is. So it is. is. (laughs) Thank you for that. If you don't happen to have a copy of what we're calling the Deservability Prayer, um, hit us an email at elderprideinfo at gmail.com and we'll send you a copy of it so that you can have it. Uh, I 
absolutely believe in my heart of hearts that if you read it every morning or whatever is your most sacred time of the day, every day for 21 days, you will see a profound change in your life from having done so. Uh, the way that it is crafted, the way that it is written is what we call at Elder Pride an affirmative prayer. It's not a prayer of victimhood. It's not a prayer of being incapable of moving forward and manifesting in life. It is a prayer that reminds us of who and whose we are. And so it's available to you. Uh, if just for the asking, because I know it'll change your life and you'll see new parts to it each and every time that you hear it read aloud or that you read it aloud for yourself. So that's one of the tools that's available to us. And, you know, I wanted to start out by, you know, kind of tying in uh, rule number 12 from the 12 rules of life from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson and a little story of my life. And as Kiki was reading the deservability prayer, I could almost see one of my early teachers about life um, was a little kitten by the name of Darby. Now Darby came to me kind of as a rescue. It was one of those times where the cat adopted you as opposed to you adopting the cat. But in the particular house that uh, I had uh, just rented to move into when I was, oh, probably just in my, you know, 30, 31 years of age in San Francisco, it was on Duncan Street. And it was one of those cute little, very Victorian looking San Francisco houses that everybody would want to have. And I just loved it. And on the front porch when I moved in was this little cat that had this beautiful beauty mark right by its nose on the landing right in front of the door going, you're finally here. And so it was like I decided, well, if that cat keeps showing up every day, I'm going to make it a part of my life. And of course, Darby kept showing up every day and it got his name because a friend and I went to look at a cat book and what names mean what. And in that book, a cat with a mole, his name was Darby and it was a regal name. So we had that opportunity to uh, name him that. And now one of the things that was true about Darby is that he had the opportunity to teach me about unconditional love, uh, being fickle, uh, coming to me only when he needed something, but never coming to me when I needed something. Uh, you know, it was really kind of a great, great teacher. And just as I was about to embark upon dating someone at that particular time. The first time that my friend Dan came over, um, Darby kind of like went right over, walked up on the couch, walked around, looked, and finally crawled right up in his lap and lay down and went to sleep. And so that was kind of like my signal from Darby that it's like, okay, I approve. 
Now, the other thing that Darby was able to do is he was able to put up with my anal retentiveness that I would have a kitty litter box, but you would never know where it was and you would never see it in my house. And I had a mud room in this particular house that had a little utility sink and I had a cabinet underneath the utility sink. And I put the litter box inside of the cabinet and Darby had the ability to go into that room, open the door of the cabinet with his paw, go in, do his business, come out and the door would close on its own. But it was not the typical litter box that you could tell was in the house. And I so appreciated that. I love this cat. We were so aligned. You know, it was a good energy shift. And then a couple of months into it, you know, Dan and I were dating and we were living together at that particular point in time. And he was a student at UCSF in San Francisco. And he came home one rainy night and in the palm of his hand was a little kitten that had been thrown away. And I mean, this, this, I, if this little kitten weighed a pound, you know, it would be amazing. So Darby sees the little kitten and immediately goes into action and starts to mentor and partner and teach the kitten how to navigate and to live in our house. To the point that whenever the little kitten who received the name of Nellie for whatever reason, whenever Nellie needed to go use the litter box, she would walk out into the utility room, sit down very politely in front of the cabinet and Darby would come from wherever he was in the house, walk in, open the door for her so she could go in, use the litter box. And then when she was done, you'd hear the little door slam and they'd come out and they would do whatever it is that they needed to do in life. And so when I read in Dr. Peterson's book that rule number 12 was pet a kitten any chance, any time you get a chance. Pet a kitten any time you get a chance. So now the key word to that rule is chance. Because one of the things that's true about a kitten and chance is they're going to dictate to you when you have that chance to show that affection. If they don't want it, it's not going to happen. And so one of the things that I think is so amazing about that, that when the chance comes, you know, when, when Darby went and crawled up into Dan's lap, if he had not taken that opportunity to simply pet her, allow her to be there, he probably wouldn't have been there. You know, she was testing him to see, you know, are you going to respect my boundaries? Are you going to respect me? And so it was his chance to bond, his chance to create a relationship, you know, with this particular kitten, and it played out as it played out in life. And so one of the things that I want to invite you to see in this is that in our relationships, 
we need to be able to greet one another, meet one another, and take that chance whenever chance presents itself. And, you know, to use that example, because all of the rules of life, all of the things that we've talked about over this first quarter has really been about taking advantage of living in the moment, living in the now, and being willing to take a chance with what is presented in front of us. Those spontaneous opportunities, those spontaneous moments that we never planned on, those spontaneous people that come into our life at a coffee shop or come into our life that appear to be random, but yet we find out later on that they weren't random at all, that they were divinely sent to us to teach us something. You know, as we talked in earlier sessions, we talked about Dr. Ian Levant's hands phrase, people come into our life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. You know, sometimes that journey begins in a very spontaneous moment, in a moment where we don't even realize that somebody's been watching us, in a moment when we realize that, okay, here's my chance and I, I'm, I'm reminded of an opportunity, you know, one summer I was asked to uh, teach summer theater camp at a children's camp up at Kings Canyon. And I jumped on it. You know, to me, it was, you know, in my mind, it was going to be the equivalent of summer theater, you know, and I was going to get to work with little children and teach and produce and put on a show. And in fact, the way that this particular summer camp was set up, I was going to be able to put on 12 different shows or 12 different productions because each week would be a new group of 100 children coming through the camp. And so I made my way up to Kings Canyon and I got there on the first Sunday. And one of the things I come to realize is the children, when they registered, got to sign up for the activities that they wanted to do. So if they wanted to do canoeing, they got to sign up for that. If they wanted to do, you know, basket weaving, they could sign up for that. If they wanted to do summer camp, they could sign up for that. So after the first Sunday of registration, out of 100 children, none of them signed up for summer camp, for theater. So I used that week to prepare and went into their barn that was where all the props were kept and, you know, organized the paint cans and organized the flats and rolled up all the extension cords and the wires like one should and in any particular theater back room, but nobody had done that in a couple of years. So I had that whole week to get really ready. Plus to do some of my own journaling and my own work because, you know, I was away at a retreat for myself. Those children left. Next second week, another group of kids came in. And again, no matter how good I did my little presentation during orientation and talked about the show that we were going to do, none of the little kids signed up for theater camp. So I had another week of cleaning and organizing and writing and 
you know, getting things together and deciding, you know, what would be done. And, you know, I helped a couple of the other teachers, you know, out with their projects and, you know, kind of went about my business. Well, the third week, the third Sunday, the same thing happened again. And so at that time, the camp director came to me and said, well, we're going to have to let you go because clearly we misunderstood and no kids needed or want summer camp experience for theater. Well, I had been dropped off by a friend at Kings Canyon who had just left the country a few days before. So I had no way to get from Kings Canyon back to the Bay Area. And I had just been fired. And I thought, what am I going to do? And just the moment that I had that, I walked out on the porch of this you know, center where the kids would have lunch and stuff. And out from behind another building came this literally Volkswagen Beetle with one of those big ass sunflowers on painted on the trunk of the car, on the front of the car. And this hippie looking woman inside said, I hear you need a ride. Well, she had been the cook for the last two or three weeks. And I thought, well, they've let her go too. And so I said, well, where can you give me a ride to? And she goes, well, I can give you a ride to Stockton. And I said, okay. You know, that's closer to the Bay Area where I was living at the time. So I'll I'll figure it out from Stockton how to get the rest of the way home. So I jump in her car and immediately was surrounded by that aroma that was only prevalent with hippies of the day in a Volkswagen Beetle. And I thought, oh, I think I have an idea of why she might have been let go. And sure enough, as we're coming down the hill, she's telling me that she had been smoking a little marijuana out behind the kitchen after dinner one night. And the camp counselors just didn't think that was the best thing for the kids. And so they had let her go. But at that point, I didn't care because I was getting a ride down the hill to at least get to Stockton. So we are trudging down the road, headed up Highway 99 towards Stockton. And all of a sudden, kapoom, 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 we have a flat tire. Now, I looked at her and I said, do we have a spare tire? And she goes, oh, yes, 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 we do, we do, we do, we, we have a spare tire. What we don't have is a jack. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, well, you have to understand with a Volkswagen Beetle, there's a very specific jack that comes with a Volkswagen Beetle. And this car is so old, I don't even know whether they make them anymore. So we pull over to the side of the road and I had just completed a couple of classes in the science of mind philosophy and one of the things that I remember learning about affirmative prayer is that you can make a demand on the universe. But to do that very rarely, 
But to me, that was a rare moment. So I got out of that car and I said, I am one with the universe. And I know and accept that there's one universal God. And I make a demand that another Volkswagen Beetle show up right here, right now. And I turned and I looked and over the crest of the hill was another Volkswagen Beetle coming. And its turn signal was already on. This car pulls up behind us and this gentleman gets out and had a jack in his hand and said, I bet this is what you need. And I'm just standing there frozen going, this in the most spiritual way stuff really works so he walks up puts the jack on the car raises the car put on the spare tire puts the car back down takes off the jack and i reach in my pocket to hand him a 20 dollar bill and as i go to do that he goes no you know why i'm here pay it forward Pay attention. If you're called to take advantage of, if you're called, you can take advantage of any situation to be the demonstration that there's something more. There's a way to be about the world. And with that, he took his jack and he got back in his Volkswagen and he pulled away and went on up the road on Highway 99. Well, I had forgotten about my friend who was the driver of the Volkswagen. And I got back in the car and she was white. She looked at me and said, are you an Oracle? And at that point in time, I had no idea what an Oracle was or whatever. And I said, no, I'm just Jack. And she goes, I don't know what just happened here, but whatever it is that you're smoking, I want some of that. Now, here's the long story short. She got up the, we got, got me up to the road and I got to Stockton and another friend was able to come over to Stockton to pick me up. But what I realized from that, it looked like a chance opportunity. It looked like, that situation where somebody, the universe, sent the right person at the right time to show up just in the nick of time for the lesson, for the lesson to remind us that, you know, we are very capable of getting clarity on what it is that we need and want in any situation if we simply ask, if we simply ask. And now I know that telling that story is also simultaneously a way of paying it forward to acknowledge how the manifestation showed up in my life, to show that I do know how to pay it forward. And I want you to know that any time 
for the next several years and even to today, when I see an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life, what would may maybe look like just a random, random gathering, a random opportunity to show up in the moment, I know that I'm called to act in that moment. Does that make sense? It's like I have the responsibility to pay it forward as I was taught. So if I'm going to McDonald's to get a cup of coffee or something, and I see somebody in struggle in front of that McDonald's, and they look up at me with certain eyes, it's like, oh, yes, I'm the man in the Volkswagen in this moment. I have to take and do something. Now, I didn't set out in that moment to do something. But as soon as I was there, there was no doubt that I was to do something in that moment. And that is those, what, those moments that we would call chance. But we know that there is no chance in this spirituality that we understand with the science of mind, this philosophy, this faith, this way of living, we know that nothing happens by accident. That everything, everyone we meet has come into our life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. They may have come into my life for the reason for me to feed them for that meal. And we will never cross paths again. But that person would not have eaten had our paths not crossed in that moment. It can be as random as being in the grocery store and you see that elderly person frustrated and you can either take your cart and move around and allow them to have their moment or you can say, is there something that I can do to help here? And I remember the last time that I was in our local grocery store and I saw just that situation and I almost went around and then I remembered the man in the Volkswagen and I turned and I said, can I help you find something? And she said, I'm looking for a light bulb. The light bulb in my bathroom is out and I'm in the dark but I don't see light bulbs here. They used to be right here. And I said, stay right there. I'll go get a store manager. And so I went down the row, up the other side, saw the store manager, and he was standing in front of the light bulbs. She was merely in the wrong row. If she would have been one row over, they would have been exactly where they thought she thought they should have been. And so I was able to say, sir, stay here. Went, got her, brought her there. And my work was done. But I was called into that moment of chance. I was called to be the demonstration that you're not alone in this life. I was called to do something in that given moment that was going to help somebody else out. And so we want to take available, we want to make ourselves available for any moment of chance that unfolds before us because it's no joke becoming elders. 
it's no joke to come to this time in our life. You have to be, you have to have your stuff together to be able to transcend these wonderful experiences that the universe keeps showing up for us. They're showing up that we can still do it, to show up that we can find in a way in case we have something that we're dealing with that looks like a limitation. We can do the thing if we want to. So we have the opportunity to take availability of chance. We have the time to pet the kitten if the kitten comes into our life. So with that, I want to ask the question, when have you had an experience of you went there to do A, but while you were there, B unfolded, and you walked away going, oh, I get exactly what I'm here. 